Welcome to Art Talks. I'm your host, Richard Codd, and I want to thank you for joining us here today for another edition of Art Talks. And I don't have to tell you, if you've been outside here in Moab the last several days, it is hot. In fact, just before I came here today, the temperature was 109 at home. And I thought, geez, Louise. So uh, make sure you're drinking plenty of fluids, uh, staying indoors if you can, and taking breaks if you're outdoors and, and you have to do something. Um, be careful out there. So first up is my guest, award-winning uh, wood carving artist, Herman Fernando Herrera. He's also an artist, and I have a little piece I'll read to give you a, a better uh, understanding of, of his background. Um, and he says he was introduced uh, and influenced by his grandfather and great uncles who also carved. That's who, how he got started in carving. From the early stages, Herman settled into the natural surroundings and cultural strongholds. Knowing well that as the seasons came and went, his heritage would spark the glow of his art. From the valleys of the Rio Grande to Europe and Mexico, Herman's work has found its way to the hearts of many cultures. Herman does not cling to the methods used by the traditional Santero. Instead, he fabricates many of his own carving tools and employs the characteristics of people he's known over the years. Herman's a local businessman, a radio announcer. He spent 12 years here on KZMU uh, with his Sunday afternoon show. He's a musician, and he does appear on KCYN. He's a father and a husband. Uh, someone once said that Herman carries the sparkle of his ancestors. He finds the time to be your friend, and his elegant work truly reflects his ancestral roots, and he adds a special New Mexico flavor. So, Herman, welcome to Art Talks. Hey, thanks, uh, folks, for letting me come aboard and, and uh, talk a little bit or maybe answer a few questions. I, I seem always to be talking, so um, and today, especially after uh, visiting the dentist, uh, they really gave me a shutdown. <laughs> oh, uh, I Richard. bet. Yeah, yes. yeah, I bet. Um, so uh, let's start. First of all, I saw your show um, at The Mark. That was about three months ago. Yeah, like in that. December. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really nice. All, all your carvings. Tell me about about your carvings. Well, uh, my my wood carvings are they people always say you make no hands, no legs. My wood carvings are a special breed. My wood carvings are they are called Earth People. Most of my work is called Earth People. Out of the ground rise the earth people. And then when they appear out in the earth, I give them their spirit. I give them their look. And I give them to you, the public, to take home. Hmm. And how long, how long have you been doing the carving? I have been wood carving since 
I can remember holding a knife. Um, when I was just just a little a little guy, I remember uh, carving out little little tiny pieces of uh, like uh, a little hand or a little bottle or stuff like that, really small stuff. But then as the years progressed, um, uh, I came, I think I left it for a little bit while I came to, uh, uh, to Moab, actually. In 1976, oh, I came to Moab for the first time with my first wife, and, uh, and uh, I, uh, we stayed here till 1980. My first daughter was my first daughter was born here. By then, we had already lost our first son, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we left it back to New Mexico in 1980. I bought a radiator shop down there, and I stayed in business 20 years. But those 20 years, I used them as a businessman, having other people do do some of my work uh-huh. while uh, while well, they did the work uh, for the for the business. I stood on the sidelines and I did wood carving. Uh, Yay! Huh? That's, that's like Tom Sawyer, huh? <laughs> yeah. So I I spent uh, twenty years doing wood carvings right there at, at my little shop, and um, needless to say, I enjoyed it so tremendously that it just doesn't leave me. It just doesn't leave me. Tell me about. Um, we're going to shift gears. We'll be bouncing around here yeah. if, that, if that's okay. Um, Tell me about your book, El Coyote Pinto. Coyote Pinto. It Coyote Pinto, a lot of people say, well, doesn't that mean like a painted uh, uh, coyote or something? It does, if you translate it correctly. That's not the translation I wanted to give this book. I wanted to give it El Coyote Pinto, Coyote Spirit, the spirit of the people. Mm. That's what El Coyote Pinto means. Uh, in, in, in as far as the book is concerned, the spirit of the people, the people that are in that book and the people that are yet to share in the reading and the buying of the book. You know, um, we, we, we can get in, into it in some detail, but uh, I, I, re- I, read, I read the whole thing and I love how you talk all about your grandmother, your grandparents, and the importance that they were in your life, especially your grandmother, and the feelings that you had for her and your family come across so deeply in the book. And there are a few things that you wrote um, that really uh, caught my eye. When you were at your grandmother's grave, I, th- I think it was here, the beginning of the book, when you were saying goodbye to her, and, and I found this so moving when you said, goodbye, grandmother. May you dance to your place in the heavens, and may your stories never be forgotten here among the living. May you dance to your place in the heavens. My grandmother was such a dancer. She yeah. could dance the polka. She if if a polka song came on the on the radio because we always listen always listened to the radio uh, down in uh, in Española and it was always always uh, KDCE radio. 
and and there was always Spanish music, of course. Mm. And as Vapolka came on, oh my God, she'd grab the first <laughs> the first gentleman that was standing around. She always wanted to to grab her her uh, husband, of course, Grandpa. A lot of times, grandfather was was sheep herding up way up here in Utah, yeah. so he wasn't around. But she would dance up a storm. I would love to see her dancing out. Sometimes she'd pick up so much dust <laughs> as she danced out there. In the how how tough was that? It, it seemed growing up, um, your your family family members were here for a while, and then they would go on a job and come back. Uh, it. It seems your grandfather was was away as a sheep herder for quite a while. Almost all of them. Uh, my uh, grandfather, my great uncles, my uh, even my uncles, uh, they all traveled, uh, <clears throat> especially to the sheep herding co- uh, country, which was here in Utah. And uh, even before them, even before them, my great uh, grandfather. He was from the 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 Ute. Uh, what should I say? My great great grandmother. She was pure Ute, so he was uh, half Ute. But he traveled all the way to Blanding, where he sheep herded most of his life. This is where he passed away. Mm-hmm. So not only my grandfather, but my great grandfather, uh, my uncles, my great uncles. They all traveled uh, all over to. Uh, Especially, you know, when the times were like here in Moab, this type of heat, mm-hmm. that meant in New Mexico that if, if that type of heat occurred over there, there was not going to be very much crops. And since we all relied on the crops that came uh, out of the uh, farm and stuff like that, um, if if they started to see that the temperatures were going to get to that point, they started making arrangements to go make a little bit of money somewhere else oh okay to buy the provisions that were extra like Mm. things that you cannot produce in the in the ranch like salt uh some sugar you can produce by by growing sugar cane and Mm. and uh and honey and stuff like that but uh um there's a lot of things that you you cannot produce there uh butter you can make your butter uh milk you can you can milk the cow yeah. or or the goats or whatever, but uh, there's certain things that you ha- always have to go buy, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the reason why I believe they went out and they w- worked uh, a little bit, not not a whole bunch. Um, punche, uh, tobacco. Mm. So tobacco is not easily grown in the mountains, especially in the mountain where I come from, where it's very cold. So. You, you. They, I remember that they used to grow what is called punche mexicano. It's a Mexican type uh, tobacco leaf, and uh, and uh, when worse comes to worse, you go ahead and you uh, crush that up and and smoke it. You appar- roll, apparently you'd roll your own. Yeah, I've I I didn't uh, smoke till I was way up in my twenties, and then uh, fast uh, after a few years, I gave it up. Mm-hmm. But I still do uh, chew tobacco, which mm. my dentist hates, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we'll have to get you to quit that. <laughs> but uh, um, so I understand the you'd have to work to buy a little bit of tobacco. My my grandparents they all smoked uh, bull Durham, 
from the little bag, from the little sack. And it's in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean. know, I know. That's <laughs> I, I, yeah. So, um, again, we're just sticking with the book for now. And I like this. Tell me about how you got your name. Uh, the Bluebird? Well, you know, the... Um, I was playing the guitar at at um, at the at the school one time, um, and uh, uh, all the kids they they said, "Hey, tell your dad to play the Bluebird song." So my daughter started saying the Bluebird song, Dad, the Bluebird song. So I I to the kids I was known as the Bluebird guy because <laughs> Bluebird, Bluebird through my window. So uh, to all the kids I was born known as the Bluebird. But in when I came to the radio station, I um uh, or radio in New Mexico, I did radio for about nine years down there, of course. Oh. And uh, uh, when uh, uh, Richard, when when I uh, started to uh, uh, figure out. Uh, in, in in the area of Texas and in New Mexico, you always have a call name. It's it's mm. it's like your DJ name. Mm. And to me, I've I've always been Herman Fernando, the Bluebird, El Pájaro Sin Alas. But this is the story of how oh. that came about. I already had the Bluebird uh, pinned to me uh, by the kids. So I figured, what does Bluebird mean? I was driving home one afternoon, and, and lo and behold, in front of me, the, the, the bus stopped, and it said Bluebird on it. The Bluebird buses. The Bluebird bus. Uh. So I researched it. The Bluebird company created the buses for most of the, the artists that traveled uh, in their own bus around the country in, in, back in the, between the 30s and, and, and the mm. 40s, 50s. Uh, Later on, there was other companies that took over and created uh, a different uh, bus. But for a long time, the Bluebird, which was a snub nose, <laughs> that was the huh. bus of huh. the artist. So I said to myself, all right, I will incorporate the children, Bluebird, but, I, but the Bluebird also is the bus that carries the artists. And since I am mm. an artist, right, right. Yeah, I am the Bluebird. And El Pájaro Sin Alas is the bird without the wings. <laughs> I love that story. Um, so let's um, shift gears a little bit. I also know that you play the guitar. I do. You're a musician. And unfortunately, since you did have a little dental work today, we won't get to, to hear you play. But tell me about that. How, how, what kind of music do you play? <clears throat> I... Uh, I've uh, played so many different varieties of music over the years, but uh, the only thing that I cannot master for the world of me is the rap stuff. Oh, I, ca I can't! Oh. I can't! I just I try and I try and I try and I yeah. and 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 I I told one of my producers one time I want to do a rap song. Yeah, could, yeah. could we do a Spanish rap song or, yeah. or a bilingual one? So he created all the sequence, the music. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I oh, couldn't no. do. It. I I don't have that. <coughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have that. Really? Yeah. I I just don't. I I, I can't. It, it just. I've tried so hard. And when I was working at Under Canvas, I I would have uh, this uh, tendency to listen to uh, a lot of the Colombian rappers. Mm -hmm. And I said, Hey, I'm 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 gonna try to do that. imitate their style yeah. because that's easier. 
It was no no easier. Sometimes I'd be driving home and I'd be. Oh, oh my god! I sound terrible. Well, well. How about uh, Irish music? You know that that you should play that too. Uh, right? Irish, yeah. See, <laughs> no, no, I'm just teasing you. Um, and do you do you play local gigs now? I have not played uh, here in uh, in in Moab. Of course, uh, before before I moved to Moab in 2003, again, uh, we used to come as a, mus- as a musical group from New Mexico and play here at, uh, at the saloon, especially the Outlaw Saloon. We used oh. to bring the whole group and play there. But after I came over in 2003, I'd, I'd bring my guitar over, and Cheryl, bless her heart, and may she rest in peace, of course, uh, she used to say, go ahead, go ahead, go go sing something up there. So I'd go up there and I'd sing, and sometimes the guys would would allow me to to come and sing a little bit with them, uh, even though they were totally lost <laughs> as far as Spanish music was concerned. I used to tell them, "Hey guys, think in your mind a nice fast country song, <laughs> and that's what you're going to be following me on." And 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 it it works, and it, it did work yeah. for them as well. They were able to follow me, but uh, as far as Moab. Um, I did the church scene for for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved it because I was able to do the music and stuff like that. But then uh, 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 that didn't pan out so well. Um, how do you see the music and art scene here in Moab right now? Do you follow any particular artists or? Um, you know, I don't. I don't really follow them, mm-hmm. but I love to listen to them. Okay. It's like. Um, it's it's not a laughing thing, mm-hmm. but I kind of laugh at, at 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 with the guys because they are so homely. Mm-hmm. It's like um, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you this because um, this is what one of my one of my producers told me uh, when I was uh, recording in New Mexico. He said, "If you record straight New Mexico music." You will never leave Española. Uh, you will be sitting in the in your backyard singing the same songs over and over uh, and over again. You have got to advance. You have got to change your style and and become somebody uh, a different different uh, type of music. Not quite so different that that New Mexico will never welcome you. Not so so uh, so much different that Hollywood will welcome you, right. but uh, something in between, something totally different. So my producer, bless his heart, which is uh, uh, Jose Francisco, he also did some recordings, and he's he's under my label, uh, but his real name is Francisco Tapia, and he said I'm going to produce for you a certain sound that that you can take from mm. here. And you can call it Texas music, mm-hmm. and you can call it Mexican music, and you can call it world Spanish music. Mm-hmm. He says, and you can call it New Mexico music. He produced, and, th- and that's what's on this CD. That's what he produced a a, a sound that's not quite New Mexico, mm-hmm. a sound that's not quite Texas, a sound that's not quite uh, world worldwide hispanic or or spanish or latino hmm. um he created something <laughs> how long how long is this 
Uh, the, the, the CD actually, it has, I believe, seven songs. Okay. Well, seven songs. And if, if you want to put one on that and, and, and play it over the airwaves, that's fine with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Let me, um, we're going to take a short break in case you just joined us. You're listening to KZMU at 90.1 and 106.7 here in Moab, Utah. And I am Richard Codd, the host of Art Talks. And you've been listening to uh, Herman Herrera, a local artist in town here. And we're going to take a short break and try to cue up one of his songs. And we'll be back right after this. Herman Herrera and and what was their band name or no it's, okay. we we didn't use a band we uh, me and Francisco uh, doubled up and we um, we did bass mm. and then we did uh, oh we did have a drummer and we had a percussionist who came in and did the drums and the percussions and uh, but that's it we nice we, nice I like it we did uh, we went to the studio and we did piece by piece. Well, if you just joined us, or just before, you're listening to KZMU, and this is Richard Codd on Art Talks, and I am speaking with Herman Herrera, 
And uh, Herman, if hopefully if people enjoyed listening to your music, if they want to find out more about your carvings, um, how do they find that out? You can uh, always either uh, send me an email at e-m-i-o-m-i-n-e at gmail.com or you can surely give me a call at 435-260-7639. 260-7639. Well, uh, I want to thank you so much for coming here today. It's been a real pleasure. Um, and again, it, do you have, is your art, are your carvings on display anywhere currently, or how can people see them if they wanted to? The only display that's available right now uh, mm-hmm. is um, is at the uh, Rock and Gym. Oh, Rock and Gym. Yeah. Okay. At the, at the Rock and Gym. Okay. Uh, over on Highway One Ninety One. Okay. Um, that's the only place here in Moab right now. Okay. Because, and I'm going to tell you this right off straight, because most of the local places have not allowed my artwork to come in to uh, their uh, place of business. I don't know why, but uh, none of them have allowed my artwork to come into their galleries. Uh, One guy told me, you're not native enough. Uh, Another guy told me, I'm too booked. Uh, Another, uh, some other lady told me, uh, oh, message me on the internet and I'll think about it. And uh, that's really interesting to hear um, because we were talking about some of this last on the last show about opportunities and problems for local artists in Moab. I'd like to follow up with you on that subject. Yeah, that sounds great, man. All right, Herman. Thank you. You betcha. Thank you so much, Richard. My next guest is Buzz Williams. Buzz lives here in Moab. He is a artist musician he's going to tell you all about what he does and how he does it he spent many years up on nantucket he was not in the whaling industry though he was an artist a painter um, had a number of careers up there and now we are so lucky to have buzz here a practicing a painter and as i said artist and musician and he combines all of those uh so uh let's have a nice welcome for buzz welcome to art talks how are you today i'm doing good man how you doing good good tell me a little bit about yourself and then uh what are you going to do for us here today well i don't don't know what i'm going to do actually any more than you do but uh, i uh I've, I've been creative all my life. I've, I've had a, uh, I've drawn all my life. I had an aunt that encouraged me in, in drawing and, you know, told me how to sharpen my pencils and clean my paintbrushes, that kind of thing, and encouraged me. Uh, years later, you know, I had, you know, took ordinary uh, courses and things like that. But in the, in the 1995 or so, um, I, I was a caretaker and carpenter on Nantucket, and uh, I was on a job site and uh, the plasters had left a pile of, uh, of uh, fresh plaster on, on a uh, sheet of plywood. And I picked up a shingle. And it was just like when I was six years old playing with ice cream with a spoon. I just made designs in the, in the, uh, in the uh, plaster mm-hmm. and it, like a bas-relief and made impressions and made lines. And, and I started drawing in that, in that plaster. I went from that to gesso on a uh, 
on on plywood and sculpting uh, ideas out of the gesso and and but 30 years later I use the same techniques only paint I pour mm -hmm. paint on on plywood and I move it around with a straight edge and I make my uh, I make my art yeah um I saw a lot of your art uh, you were nice enough to have a private show for me and uh, it is certainly abstract. Well, it's abstract expression. Abstract expression. The difference mm -hmm. is that abstract expressionists give you a, a, a place to start your story in the painting, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's my definition, and, and, and it works. If uh, I, I like to paint something that uh, encourages people to engage uh, their own stories and their mm -hmm. own uh, experiences in it. Mm -hmm. And so I leave, a, I leave something in there that gives a place, uh, a place to start for somebody to look, you know. And then they can go wherever they want. Yeah, and I think that's, to me, important if you're going to say abstract expressionism. Yeah. You know, when you look at, or when I look at what I'll say is abstract art, just in general, there's some that immediately strikes me and a lot that I just don't get. Me too. <laughs> it's, is it good? Maybe. You know, um, but it's interesting, and we talked a little bit about this, is that how, how does one painting grab somebody and others just, you'll see, you just don't even, there's no, no interest. Nothing catches your eye. Okay. Say we live inside a, uh, say, a disco ball with all those windows looking out, and you look through a window, and you might see an abstract expression. You look through another window, and you'll see some classic art. You look through another window, and you'll see another kind of representation or whatever. And so uh, it depends on your experience in looking through windows. Some people uh, uh, cannot stand uh, 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 another picture of a tree. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's, yeah, but I like to be able to see the artist in the work. Mm -hmm. And if I can do that, mm -hmm. then I don't care if it's abstract or what label you put on it. Mm -hmm. If I can see an artist in the strokes or in the work or in the mm -hmm. movement of the, of the piece, then I've got a relationship with, a, with the, the picture, the paint, you know. And if I don't have that, it doesn't make any difference what it is. <laughs> well, I'm excited. You have you brought your guitar. I did. <laughs> and I've asked you to do something for us. Well, so tell tell me what you what we're about to hear. Well, a guitar is a paintbrush mm -hmm. for me. Sure. It's it's, it's it, well, there's two kinds of music for me. One kind of, one music is in. Uh, playing with other people, playing songs and all that. And then the other kind of music is the, the music that takes you inward and illustrates a part of yourself that you wouldn't normally see. That's exactly the same way I feel about my art. Mm -hmm. It's also the way I feel about my writings. I work in the three, the three uh, mediums. Uh, they create, uh, would say would be three legs on a stool. And the stool, the surface of the stool, holds the representation that is presented by the three different kinds of expression. So you okay. can have the art object sitting on the stool. You can have one leg, you can approach that object uh, up one leg of poetry, mm -hmm. the other leg of music, mm -hmm. the other leg of color, line, and so on. Mm -hmm. But you all get to the top of the stool there and observe and appreciate the object 
of desire, really. Mm-hmm. That's what art is. It's a, it's a presentation of desire of some mm-hmm. sort or mm-hmm. another. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so what I would do, mm-hmm. I would, uh, let me give you one leg. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That leg would be the poetry. Mm-hmm. I have a poem here I brought. It's called Guitar Music. Okay. <laughs> Lay down, flaming angel. This earthly coffin formed of wood cries desire and a red scar flutters in a cord. Sparks and ash and hot swarms speak of sex in August. Angry riotous jazz demands the skin's compliance in this sloppy, humid work. Peel back this tree, and a guitar is crafted in the Lord's son's pain. Tears from streaming eyes cool me, cool me. Volcanoes sputter, and I wonder where I've been. Lay down, flaming angel, and carry me home. Hmm. So that's one leg on a picture. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, if this wasn't radio, of course, right. I could show you a painting that would have that same thing. An right. angel, angel, lay down, flaming angel, man, and carry me home. So we'll try Somehow. to picture that, well, that as your... Yeah, there's reds in there, and yeah, there's, yeah. there's yellows, and there's, and there's movements that, that lift you up. Mm-hmm. So there'd be circles on the bottom and mm-hmm. clouds, and then there would be lines going up into a solution of some sort. Mm-hmm. It's taken me four years to find my palette here in, in Moab. And where I started, the gift of, of finding my artistic self here in this, in this town of Moab is the portal. Mm. And the portal in art is exactly what I'm interested in now. Mm. I'm getting old. <laughs> and I've gotten old, and I've got you know, and so now I'm I'm interested. I've always been interested in the portal between the worlds, but I'm looking at the portal every morning when I walk downtown and all that stuff, and I'm reminded, man, of the passages. And so for the last three years, I've been drawing and painting and playing mm-hmm. passage art. You know, the thing that takes you from one place to another. So the portal and openings and grand openings and so on and uh, so my art uh, uh, representational art Mm -hmm. that I'm doing now is with that in mind the portal in mind and the Mm -hmm. transition from one to another Mm -hmm. you know dying Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. dying and and what the hell's gonna happen (laughs) yeah yeah so I play to that it's Mm -hmm. the only thing left worth playing for really that and the apocalypse, which seems to be going on. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> we may be in it now. I love it. So, you know, but, but that guitar music, you know, it is. It's flaming angels, and it's uh, angry, riotous jazz. And I'm going to picture that in my mind as yeah. you're playing a flaming angel with reds and oranges.
So I was picturing the flaming angel, red, orange, yellow, bright, hearing the music and thinking of the poetry at the same time. Yeah. That's what I'm trying. That's it. Yeah. If you if you get to the top of the stool mm-hmm. and behold the object of interest, yeah, <laughs> you got there by one of three or four legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe some people smell it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> hey, one of the things I wanted to talk to you—a fascinating topic, and I I'm, hope I'm saying this right. Synesthesia. 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 You were talking to me about that at one point. Um, and explain that to me. What it is, uh, when we're, we're young, in the womb actually, uh, we, uh, our sensory apparatus uh, doesn't designate between sound, light, color, you know, what we taste, smell, and so mm-hmm. on. Uh, the first six years or so of our lives, that process takes place. We find ourselves, uh, we, we designate, okay, this is sound. We look at something else and say, okay, this is coming in through my eyes. I see this, and it has colors and line and form and so on. Uh, but we've forgotten about applying that same thing to the music. Yeah? And then we've got another one with words and our language and our singing and our song life and all that. That's all. That all comes into our uh, uh, differentiation mm-hmm. between after we're six years old, six to twelve years old, we're taught. You know, it's beaten into us. It's like uh, when I was in when I was in first grade, I had a, uh, a teacher that as a class it was art class. You know, mm-hmm. as a class to draw a bird. Well, I drew a bird. Yeah, only it was round and had windows in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was in the air and flying around. Okay, and she came up to me and said, "That's not a bird." And she grabbed my pencil. And drew a bird. I said, that's a bird. She threw the pencil down and left. Mm. And well, you know, uh, it, made me <laughs> it made me think about making things uh, in a different way. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't care to make a bird like she made a bird. I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, and like the synesthesia. Synesthesia. Um, you know, I've heard um, like great concertos. They're basically mathematical formulas. Some of them are. Yeah. Some of them are. Yeah. Um, and that's really uh, an interesting concept to me as well. Uh, but also, you, you know, how we create art and how we think about art. To me, I can look at a picture that somebody may have spent a lot of time on, like you were saying, mm-hmm. a, a beautiful landscape. But perhaps another person might see broad brushstrokes when they see that landscape. They don't see any of the detail because that's not important. It's the big brush of color. And, right. And if, if that then, if they paint that to represent what they see, the comparison to the very nice, meticulous drawing, those are going to attract very different audiences. <laughs> yes, they are. Right? Yes. That's commercial art. Uh, I, it, museum quality commercial mm-hmm. art is occasionally magnificent. I mm-hmm. mean, I mm-hmm. don't know how they do it. I've, mm-hmm. I've got a friend of mine, his, his uh, son-in-law is a, a master painter, 
well known. He's got books out and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And it's you look at it, it looks like a lot of flowers, and then all of a sudden you see insects in there hidden and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and it transforms right in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. But if you first look at it, it looks like a classical piece of art. He's doing the same thing a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. You know, he's giving you, he's letting you see the object, and then all of a sudden it turns into four or five different things. Synesthesia is when a guy looks, or a, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. a viewer looks, uh-huh. at, looks uh-huh. at the object of desire, the object presented, looks at it, and sees a, and, and say, 100 people see a painting. Mm-hmm. This person looks at it and hears music and has a taste of peaches. Right. Yeah. So, and that is a part of that person's brain didn't get differentiated when it was the proper time for it. So in later years, there's a confusion in the mind, so you're presented, you're presented with several ways to get to the same point. Well, you know, after we talked, I, I looked it up on, online and did some reading, and many, many artists probably had these, what, what would you call it, synesthetic events or something, yeah. where Kandinsky and others, mm-hmm. they saw in color. Yes. And, and, and other, like you were just saying, musicians saw music in front of them. Kandinsky played the piano and saw paintings in front of him. Yeah. Okay, remember Fantasia? Mm-hmm. Okay, Fantasia. I saw that when I was five years old. Now, to this day, I couldn't remember. I thought Night on Bald Mountain was in black and white. Is it black, white, or color? Right at the perfect age. I was confused about whether mm. what that Fantasia was about, but I did get the connection between the imagery and the music. Peter and the Wolf, Tchaikovsky. Mm-hmm. Peter and the Wolf, man, I heard that. My mo- grandmother took me to the uh, to a, 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 a concert when I was seven or eight, and I heard Peter and the Wolf. But the whole time I heard Peter and the Wolf, the oboe had colors. I mean, I saw colors mm. during that presentation of Peter and the Wolf. Hmm. See, I, I, I can't forget that. <laughs> you know, and, and you may have this, this similar experience, but sometimes I'll be walking along and there's a smell. Mm. It could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, that smell brings back a flood of memories. And it may have been a place I was at with my father on a hike. You know, something like that. Sink a sh- and it's just all in there. So sink, the- sink a shovel into a pile of dirt first thing in the spring yeah. and inhale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole way that the mind and our eyes uh, take in what we see and how we then reproduce it is just such a, an amazing complex. Dan- dancers feel it in their bones. It's the mm. same thing, man. It's a creative, a creative intent. You know, mm. it's it's a it's a, and it, it it shows up when it wants to. You might be working on an idea for a year, and then all of a sudden, the creative intent will st- pop up, and you go, "That's it!" And you'll mm-hmm. have your picture. You put it on top of the stool, and you approach it however you want to approach it. Which leg you want to go up? <laughs>
Buzz Williams, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Hey, uh, Buzz, if people want to find out more about your art, uh, where do they go? How, how do they check out your art? I tell you the truth right now, uh, Facebook. And okay. Facebook, Buzz Williams. I, I know you. I see paintings yeah. every day. I, I, I paint every day. It records mm-hmm. my life. It's, it's the way I keep a diary. I, I, I paint the leaves on my tree. If uh, I got a tree, it's got lots of leaves on it. Each mm-hmm. leaf is mm-hmm. a painting combined with music and words. And they hang on that tree, and I make another one. Well, we have just a couple minutes left, uh, and following me will be the fabulous Christy Williams cousin and, and her show. Um, what this week in Moab? That's right. That's right. Today and this week it's hot, but um, but anyway, but anyway, Buzz, Buzz, let's close with I, I'll put in a little plug. Um, on July twenty seventh at noon. We're going to have, and this was one, you know, we had talked about this, uh, a salon for artists where an informal get-together at the Red Rock Bakery in their back room. It's just a chance for people to come and say, hey, um, what are you working on? I've been trying to do this. Do you know how I can get material on A? Or um, I saw this painting. Does anybody know A, B, or C? Um, Or... I'm trying to work on this technique, and I'm having a lot of problem. Has anybody used this? We, we call it a critique uh, mm-hmm. class, and once a week we get together, and 15 or uh, probably 8, 10, 15 people would come once a week. And uh, the guy was a professor, uh, yeah. ex-professor at Tulane, and we would meet at his studio, and we would talk about each other's work. Not, not so much. Uh, it's just it's what we were working on. We bring in the paint. The thing that was wet, and said, "What do you think about this?" And so on. And yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to scare people with critique, but uh, it, to mm-hmm. me, it's sharing information and a work in progress, and and that's what mm-hmm. it'll be. And um, that's soft and, and you're gonna and you're gonna be there. You're gonna be yeah. one of the, the the first artists. So that's gonna be at the Red Rock Bakery, uh, July twenty seventh at twelve noon, and and we probably will have another artist, and. Um, We'll see how it goes. It's the first one, and we'll, we'll give it a try. Really looking forward to it. So, everyone, thank you for joining us here on Art Talks on KZMU. Thanks, Richard. You have found us at 90.1 or 106.7, or maybe you're even listening to us on the Internet at www.kzmu.org. I hope you can join us for our next show, which will be on August 21st at 4 p.m. And then in September, the September show will be a feature about Scotland, where I will be. So it's either going to be a live broadcast from sunny Scotland, or it'll be a tape and I'll play it when I come back. But anyway, thank you for joining us. And now stay tuned for This Week in Moab. Thank you.